message. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have to look into your word and to study your word. And God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you'd help us to understand the influence, Father, that we have and we can have and we ought to have, Father, uh, not because of our own goodness, but because of the goodness that you've given to us. God, I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd strengthen us. And God, I pray that we would not underestimate uh, the influence that we can have. And God, we'll, we'll thank you for that. And God, will be careful to give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at these verses, uh, understand that our, in, our influence is very important. And it's more than oftentimes what you realize or what you think. Sometimes we think, well, I'm just one person and nobody knows me or, uh, you know, I'm not very well known or, or this or that. And, and sometimes that's true. But nonetheless, we can have, there is influences that we can have. And, uh, and as we look at this verse, I, I was, uh, as I was studying this verse, I, I became uh, excited, to be honest with you. I, I thought, what a, what a blessed thought out of this verse. Verse number five, look with me again what the Bible says. It says, evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. And I want us to see our influence of awareness and the influence of awareness. Uh, the first part of it, of course, that's not the blessed part, I wouldn't say. Uh, but it says there in the first part, evil men understand not judgment. Uh, and, and if you think about this for a little bit, we know this to be true. Many people, uh, they just don't realize the judgment of God is upon them. Um, or they just don't accept it. One of the examples we've looked at this, a matter of fact, I think we talked about this a little bit before, was the uh, judgments in, in Egypt. Uh, you remember when the nation of Israel was taken slaves in Egypt and they were there and, uh, and God brought up Moses to bring the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And in doing all of that, God had a purpose of bringing on the ten plagues into Egypt. And, uh, and you remember Pharaoh, we talked a little bit about hardening his heart and him hardening his heart and God hardening his heart. But in it all, I want you to realize this too, uh, that in, in those plagues that came upon the Egyptians, I'm sure the Egyptians as pagans, as people who were lost, who did not know God uh, and did, were not saved. Matter of fact, they had a, a multitude of gods. They were polytheistic. And in their polytheism, they didn't recognize God. And, uh, and they didn't recognize that this was judgment from God. And so God is here sending judgment on the nation of Egypt and on all the people there. And they had no clue. I mean, they were scratching their heads saying, what is, what is going on, man? I, I gave all my sacrifices to the frogs or to the gods of the river. Uh, I gave all my sacrifices to the God of the crops and to the God of the, uh, this God and that God and all the gods. And they didn't understand what was going on and they were scratching their head. And the Bible tells us right here in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 5, evil men understand not judgment. Many times people who are lost and people who uh, are not saved do not recognize the judgment of God when it does come. They recognize bad circumstances, but they don't recognize as it as from God himself. 
And there's no wonder why, because the Bible says in Psalm 14, 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And so he's already dismissed God in his mind. And if there is no God, then uh, all this bad luck that's happening to him uh, is not a result of the judgment of God on his life, uh, but rather he would classify it as uh, bad luck or, or bad, bad set of days. And maybe things will up t- turn up and turn out better later on. Uh, but he doesn't recognize uh, the judgment of God because they just simply don't understand. Uh, But I love the second part of this verse. The Bible says, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. That would be those who are saved. That would be those who are born again. That would be those who are uh, have an interest in God. And, And the Bible says, hey, that we understand all things, but not because of uh, our superior intellect. It's not that. Matter of fact, the Bible says this uh, in 1 John 2.20. It says, you can write this down. For, I'll go over to that verse really quick. I want you to see this verse. Save your spot in Proverbs. Go to 1 John, clear by the back of the Bible there before Revelation. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20. And you can underline this verse. The Bible says this in 1 John 2.20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I love that verse. What a great verse. Ye have an unction from the Holy One. I remember singing in junior church, uh, or maybe teen class, or one of the kids' classes growing up when I was a kid, uh, give me unction, Give me unction, help me function, function, function. I, I don't remember exactly how the song goes, uh, but, but that's what God has given us. He's given us an unction uh, from the Holy One. That would be from God, and that we have the ability to understand and know all things. What's that talking about? Not because, again, not because we're superior in knowledge and that we have superior understanding of things, but rather we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us that will help us to understand things. We're right there in 1 John. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. This is referencing specifically spiritual things in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Uh, But I think it's important for us to understand because the verse in Proverbs says, But they that seek the Lord understand all things. The Bible says in uh, John 1 John 2.20 that we just read, you have an unction from the Holy One and ye know all things. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 13, the Bible says, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teach, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, hey, the Lord put the Holy Spirit within us to help us understand uh, spiritual things. You remember when Jesus came, many times in Jesus' ministry, he would talk about something physical, and then he would switch it over to the spiritual, and the people that he was talking with didn't have any idea. You remember John, uh, the the, the Pharisee, rather, that came to John, or Nicodemus, that came to Jesus at night in John chapter 3. And, uh, and Jesus said to him, ye must be born again. 
And what did, what did Nicodemus say? He said, how could somebody be born when they're old? That's not possible. And Jesus said, no, ye must be born again. And if, you don't, if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. And that's what God said. And he switched it to a spiritual. We, of course, understand that. We go back and we read and we understand, oh, he's talking about a spiritual birth. He's not talking about a physical birth. What about John chapter 4 when he's talking with the woman at the will? Well, he says, hey, I've got water that I'll give you that you'll never thirst again. And she said, whoa, sign me up. I want some of that water. I don't want to thir- I don't want to come to this well. She's thinking carnally. He's talking spiritually. And, uh, and there's a spiritual aspect that, hey, we as believers, we can understand because we have the Spirit of God that dwells within us and He helps us to understand those spiritual things. And so going back to our verse here in, in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse number 5, look at this. We're going to draw, the, draw this all into this verse. The Bible says here in Proverbs 28, 5, Evil men understand not judgment. They don't have the Spirit of God. They don't have uh, the truth of God within them. And they do not understand the judgment of God when it falls. But then the Bible goes on and it says, But they that seek the Lord understand all things. You think about this. In everything... There is a spiritual aspect. You understand tonight that uh, there is a spiritual war going on. It's not a new war. It's not something that just started today. This is not a revelation. This has been going on uh, for a long time. It's been going on since the Garden of Eden. It's nothing new, uh, but it goes on. And you understand that it plays out every day in life. And you understand that the world is against Christianity by and large. Uh, the ways of the world that it goes uh, uh, usually are, are contrary to the ways of the Word of God. And so almost everything has a spiritual aspect, even if it has nothing to do with the Bible. Uh, many times, listen, there is a spiritual side of it that does play into things. Um, you look at how many times God used sickness, God used other things to send judgment in Bible times. And many people or famines or droughts. And many times people will be like, man, there's no rain. What are we going to do? And God was using that as a way. And you say, well, that's a very physical thing. No, actually, it was a very spiritual thing. Because God would use that to cause judgment or to move things around. And what I'm saying is, listen, uh, again, we don't understand these things because we have superior intellect. We, We understand things because God helps us to understand that. And we can see a bigger picture. And we can see the spiritual side of it. Matter of fact, back in Proverbs, go with me to Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. I can prove to you that it's not our intellect. It's not our superior uh, ability to reason or anything of that nature. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6 are very common, well-known verses. And the Bible says here in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And this next phrase I underlined in red pen. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Understand this tonight, that I, I like to understand stuff. 
I'm, I'm a mechanically minded person. Many times I can look at stuff and, and if I can take things apart, I can usually put it back together. And, and I have a natural curiosity to me to, to find out how things work. And if, if this does that, then I, I have to open it up to find out why it does that and how it does that and how it works. And, and, and listen, I like to be able to understand things. But the, the Bible tells us right here in, in Proverbs 3, 5, it says that we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. There are going to be things that we will not understand with our mind. We simply will not be able to put it together. To me, um, I, I know a little bit about electricity. I know enough to get myself in trouble. And, uh, and so sometimes I'll dabble in electricity. But when it, when it gets into a broader sense and, and more things, uh, man, I, I'm lost and I'm baffled and I don't understand it. But I know this, that if you flip this switch, then boom, electricity goes all through the building. And, and, it, and, it, and it turns on these lights and turns on that lights and it does this and it does that. I do, I do know that much. And sometimes God is going to say, listen, uh, you don't understand it, but you do know and you can trust that what God has laid out, it will function. Sometimes you just got to trust God and you may not understand uh, mentally all the things, but understand this. Well, I don't understand the the hows and whys of all how it works, but I understand that God said we're supposed to do it and I'm going to do it because God said it and I know that it's going to work. And so we may not understand exactly all the ins and outs of it, but we can understand that, that we need to trust God and we need to follow God uh, with our lives. So Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 5 says, uh, Evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. And the influence on our lives of the awareness that God has given us to be able to look at things and understand, wait a minute, this is a spiritual issue. And, uh, and God uh, is doing something and moving. And so we can see that in the awareness there. Look at with me in verse number 10. And we can see the influence of agenda. Uh, Proverbs 28, verse number 10. The Bible says, Whoso causeth the righteous... To go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit, but the upright shall have good things in possession. Now, let me, let me, let's read that one more time. Whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. Now, let's stop right there, because that whoso causeth uh, is open to anybody. And, it, and it, we understand that because it says whoso, uh, that any person could lead somebody else in a wrong direction. And, uh, and we're going to look at that. But before we do, uh, I want to I give this illustration. Jeremy, can I use you? Let me come on up here for a minute. Let's say that piano is righteousness. Come on up here. Let's say that piano is righteousness. Let's say that, uh, let's say that I'm, I'm the pastor and I'm trying to lead uh, Jeremy in, in right and turn, turn around, stand right there. There we go. And I'm trying to direct him. And, uh, and, and I thought, 
well, you know, I could be back here and I could be pushing. And sometimes, sometimes we do that. Uh, but but as, a, as a pastor, you know, we ought to be leading and we ought to be, uh, uh, that's why the Bible gives the illustration of sheep because uh, they're to be led, they're not to be driven. And so I'm out front here and I'm leading Jeremy along and, and, and uh, I'm saying, you know, go this way and, and you, this is the right way. And, and in his life, he might hit a point that he says, I don't want to go that way. And he might turn around and, and walk down towards that front pew. No, no, go this way. Wait, go, go this way. No, no. And he's torn. And I'm calling him, but he's still going that way. Because, because he's hit a point where he's gotten stubborn and he's not, he doesn't want to go to righteousness. And sometimes, when, when people are like that, sometimes they'll turn around and say, well, it was the preacher. He drove me away. And he caused me to go the wrong direction. When that's not the case at all, I'm urging, maybe I'm even back here pushing a little, saying that's the right way, that's the way you go, but, but he might get uh, upset or whatever, and he's going to go the direction that he wants to go. Thank you, you can go sit down. He's going to go the direction that he wants to go, and, and in the end, he's going to say, well, that preacher drove me away. And that's not always the case. Or maybe my parents drove me away. Or, or somebody else, my, my teacher, drove me away. And that's not always the case. If we're, if we're, trying, if we're uh, trying to lead people in the right direction, I was not steering him towards that front pew. Understand that. Understand the difference. I was not saying uh, there's righteousness, but I want you to go this way. Uh, I was saying, hey, this is righteous. We're, we're heading this way, man. This is the way. Let me push you a little bit. You need a little, little shove there. Hey, we need to keep going in this direction towards righteousness. But he of his own volition and of his own stubbornness may choose to go a different direction. But in the end, he should not blame other people. And I have to bring that out because so many people today, uh, well, it's my, it's my cousin uncle's uh, fault to the fifth generation because he had this fault. And while that's, it does sound funny, I'm dead serious. There are people who really believe it is their fifth cousin's uncle to the umpteenth generation that messed up their life. At some point, we have got to take our own responsibility upon ourselves for the direction that we are choosing. And understand, we're not talking about, in this verse, we are not talking about a blame game. Okay, And so I want that to be clear up front. In this verse, uh, verse, 20, verse number 10. Whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way. Now, I put down three classes of people. There could be more than that. Number one, the first and foremost person that comes to mind is evil people. No doubt. They are the kind of people that are trying to drag people away from righteousness and towards evil. By the way, the world is full of evil people that are trying to drag people from righteousness and cause them to go, to, go astray. Remember in Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 10, he wrote about that. He said, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. In other words, hey, there will be sinners, there will be wicked people, there will be evil people that are trying to drag you away from righteousness. Beware of those kind of people. 
And the Bible says here that, uh, that, listen, they will fall in their own pit. But not only evil people that we know, we understand, but I thought this as well. Sometimes it's just ignorant people that will cause you to go astray. What do you mean by ignorant people? I mean, they're good natured people, but oftentimes they're poorly informed. And, and they point people in the wrong direction out of ignorance. Um, if, you, if you ever find me on the streets and you're like, hey, pastor, I'm good. You're just the guy I was looking for. Um, I'm looking for this store. Can you point me in the right direction? I'm going to warn you right now. Don't ask me that. I am terrible with directions. I might try and help you because I want to help you. I, I, my desire is to help people. So if somebody comes and asks me, man, I'm going to do the best I can. Well, I'm pretty sure you go up this way and then, and then, and I'll do this. I promise you, I, I did it the other day. Uh, and then I'll say, I'll say, you take a left and I'll point to the right. Because I, I just, I get it mixed up. And, and, and what's going on is I'm going to direct somebody in the wrong direction because I'm just ignorant. And I have a, it's not that I have an intent or a desire to steer them in the wrong direction. But sometimes in our ignorance, we will point somebody in the wrong direction. And we need to be careful uh, about that, especially on a spiritual level. Because the stakes are so much higher and it's so much more important that we do not steer people in the wrong direction when we're talking about spiritual things. And so we need to understand that sometimes ignorant people will steer people in the wrong direction. The Bible says here in this verse that uh, whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. And so we need to be careful of that. You say, well, how can we be careful of that? Well, the Bible says uh, that in James chapter 1 and verse number 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Listen, there is nothing wrong. Matter of fact, it's admirable, admirable to go to God and say, God, I need help with how to deal with this because I do not know. I sit in my office and I study and, and to pray and I go over things and I'm, I'll be honest with you, there's many times I pull something up and I say, God, I do not know what the answer is to this. Help me so that I can help other people. Because listen, if we're not asking God, what are we doing? I mean, he's given us the spirit that dwells within us and he will help us. And so we ought not be ignorant and we ought not steer people in a wrong direction out of our ignorance. The last, the, the, so we have evil people that will steer them purposefully. We have ignorant people that will steer them by accident. And then what, sometimes we have zealous people. And, uh, and they'll get all excited about something and they'll push somebody in the wrong direction out of their zealousness. I found this verse in Romans chapter 10 as Paul is talking uh, uh, in the book of Romans about the, uh, the Israelites. And he says in Romans 10, 1 and 2, he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. 
In other words, hey, the Israelites, they were zealous for God. They said, hey, uh, listen, if you're, if you're going to introduce heresy, we are going to kill you. That's how zealous they were. they were. They were serious about God. They were serious about religion. But they were also in great air. And they did not understand that the Messiah did come in the form of Jesus Christ. And that he did die on the cross and that he did raise from the dead. They were expecting his kingdom to be set up right then and there. And he did not do that uh, physically here on this earth. And so they maintained their zealousness for God. But it was in air and in, co- and in that way they were steering people in the wrong direction. And so in our zealousness, we ought to be careful that we, uh, we, we couple that with knowledge and that we'll be careful to couple our zeal with the information that God has given us. And so we find in this verse, uh, Proverbs 28.10, Whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. He's going to fall. You'll remember we talked about the evil people and the, and the end when uh, Proverbs 1, when he says, My son, when sinners entice thee, consent thou not. At the end of that passage, he talked about all the wickedness that they would do. And in verse number 18, he says, And they lay wait, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. In other words, hey, that they're going to fall by, the own tra- by their own trap that they set. And so we need to be careful as far as spirituality that, that, uh, uh, that we would direct people in a right way. We're talking about uh, the influence of agenda and that we should set an influence of agenda that is correct. Look at what the second part of that verse says. But the upright shall have good things in possession. Listen, we as Christians... Hey, we've got so much more. I know sometimes it looks like the world has all the wealth and all the power. But listen, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And I'm looking forward to something far better than what they have here on this earth. Let them have it all. I don't care. Because you know what? There's more treasures in heaven. And it's far better what God has for us and the upright are going to be blessed, and those who walk with God. And so we see the influence of an agenda. We see the influence of awareness. I want you to see as well in verse number 12, the Bible says this, When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory, but when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. And I want you to see the influence of administration. The victory that he talks about in the first part, when righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. Uh, I believe he's talking about victory in that idea that, hey, people rejoice in times of victory. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 too, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. In Proverbs 11.10 it says, when it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. And listen, we tend to rejoice when things are going well and when there's a great victory. When Solomon took the kingdom uh, of, when Solomon rather took the throne and became king after David, the Bible says that there was great rejoicing and the men were merry, especially after that first time of of judgment. And they were, you know, when when uh, when the throne changes hands, 
right, everyone gets a little nervous, saying, man, what's going on? What direction is it going to go? How, how's, how's things going to turn out for us? Uh, is the dollar going to crash? Or is it inflation going to hit? Are we going to hit a recession? What's going to go on when the, when, the, when the throne changes hands? And, you know, after that first pronouncement of judgment, when the, uh, the one lady brings her son to, uh, the two ladies are arguing over the son. You remember that? And, and they bring it to Solomon, and, and Solomon says, give me the child. And he says, bring me a sword. Because both of the ladies are saying, it's my child. And Solomon says, cut the child in half and give each one of them half. And the real mother said, no, 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 let the baby live. The other lady said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Cut it in half. Solomon knew that's not a mom. That's not the mom of that child. That's not her heart. And, and when Solomon did that then, and he was established as king of Israel, the people rejoiced. The Bible says Judah and Israel were many as the sand which is by the sea in multitude, eating and drinking and making merry. And the Bible says in, later on in that same chapter, in Judah and Israel dwell safely, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan even to Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. In other words, hey, they were comfortable because there was a righteous king that was sitting on the throne and, and they were, had reason to rejoice. But listen, when the wicked ascend to the throne, hey, there's reason to have fear. There's reason to be, be concerned. There's reason to have alarm. There's reason to be uh, worried and, and not worried in a sense of, of concern, but concerned uh, in the sense of the direction and, and to the alternative after Solomon took the throne and he was on the throne for, uh, for his time of reign and his son Rehoboam ascended the throne and you remember that, uh, that he consulted uh, the, the wise men of Solomon and then he consulted his friends and he took the advice of his friends and the, the Bible says that the kingdom was divided and two tribes, uh, or maybe one or two tribes, went with Rehoboam. And the other, the other, I think it was ten tribes, two and ten. Ten tribes, you know what they did? Jeroboam came back. He was in exile. He had ran from the righteous king Solomon because he was not a good guy. And guess what happened? He ascended the throne for the ten uh, tribes that were left. Could you imagine, do you know what kind of king he was? He was a wicked king. He was not a good king. Matter of fact, uh, the Bible says this in 1 Kings. The first thing that he did, uh, he established a new religion, the Bible says. And that he made tabernacles uh, in Dan and Beersheba, I believe it was. Which was the northernmost and southernmost places. Uh, or maybe it was Bethel. I think it was Bethel and, and Dan. Uh, and, and what it was, it was just outside of Jerusalem because he got concerned. Hey, these people are going to go back to Jerusalem. And that's where Rehoboam is king. And they might find out that they like King Rehoboam and they might go back to his kingdom. So therefore, uh, he made a, a new religion and he set up statues and he set up things. And the Bible says this uh, in 1 Kings chapter 12 and verse number 30. And this thing became a sin for the people when to worship before the one, even unto Dan. And he made an house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not the sons of Levi. That went contrary to the law of God. 
God said only the, uh, the Levi, the sons of Levi, were to be priests. And the, he took uh, base people, you read in another por portion of Scripture, uh, that were the lowest of the people. And he made them priests of the holy things. And he set up wicked people. And listen, uh, this, this fellow, Herbert Lockyer, he says this. In 21 cases where Jeroboam's name is mentioned, his apostasy is linked to it. Because it says this, who did sin and made Israel. Israel to sin. When you read the name of Jeroboam, most likely in the Bible, you'll find that, hey, who did sin and made Israel to sin. Listen, that was an oppression to the nation of Israel. That was a problem to the nation of Israel from that time forward for years afterward because he instituted things that were ungodly and that were wicked. And listen, the Bible says this in Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And listen, understand this, that when, uh, when our country in America is condoning and producing laws that uplift wickedness, we have a reason to be alarmed. We have a reason to be concerned. Because sin is a reproach to any people. And homosexuality is a sin and abortion is a sin. And we could go on and on. And listen, our nation probably started going downhill when they, uh, when they started allowing drinking. You remember, uh, you probably don't remember. You probably weren't around. Uh, but there are still some places that are called, they're dry. They don't sell liquor. They don't sell alcohol. They don't allow it. And, and listen, uh, things went downhill a lot. When they allow sin and they allow wickedness in this world, uh, listen, we have a reason uh, to be concerned because judgment uh, very well could fall from God and rightfully so. And so we have the influence of an administration and how it can influence those around us. Then lastly, I want you to notice in verse 21 and this is a shorter one because it's rather simple. But look with me. We have the influence of assessment in verse number 21, Proverbs 28, 21. He says to have respect of persons is not good for for a piece of bread that man will transgress. This verse goes along with Proverbs 24, 23 that says, These things also being to the wise, it is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. And listen, that's a New Testament principle. Uh, we find it here in the book of Proverbs that, hey, you should not have respect of persons. And I can give you verse after verse after verse in the New Testament that talks about it. One is in Romans 2.11. Uh, the Bible says, For there is no respect of persons with God. In other words, hey, a king and a peasant are on the same ground before God. There's no difference. They're both men. Uh, somebody who is, uh, there, there is no greatness of man with, uh, with God because there's no respect of persons. And he goes on and, and it says in Colossians 3.25, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done and there is no respect of persons. In other words, well, you know, he's a king and, uh, and we'll give him a pass on that. No, God doesn't do that. Wrong is wrong and sin is sin and, and that's that with God. He, he's, matter, uh, he's rather frank with the entire thing and that there is no difference of people. 
before God. Then we find in Ephesians 6, 9 that we're told that we ought to do the same. He says this, And ye masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master, God, also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. And he's saying, listen, that we, ought to, uh, that we ought to do the same. And that's what this idea in Proverbs 28, verse 21 says, uh, to have respect of persons is not good. You remember in the book of James, it says, uh, when, a, when a goodly man cometh into the church with goodly apparel, and you move him all the way to the front, and you say, hey, sit here, we're glad to have you. And then another guy comes in, and he's all dressed in rags, and he's rather shabby. Maybe he's missed a shower for a couple weeks, and you're like, whoa, man, we got a seat for you way in the back by yourself and he's saying that's not right to have judgment of people like that that's what he's saying in the book of James and that's what he's saying here that uh, that listen we ought to be careful not to have respect of persons uh, for who they are but to treat all people as equal people but it goes on and it says in verse 21 uh, to have respect of persons is not good for for a piece of bread that man will transgress You know what it's talking about? It's talking about corruption. If somebody respects persons uh, and they say, well, uh, listen, you know, I'll take a bribe. And if you give me uh, so much, then, hey, you know what? We'll we'll just wash it all under the table. It'll be okay. And listen, the price starts out. What's he saying there that for a piece of bread, he will transgress? What does that mean? It means this. He'll start out the price uh, to, to, to change judgment will be high at first. Might cost you a thousand because, man, you've got to clear his conscience. He better, better be worth his while. But after a while, you know what happens? It becomes so easy. Give me a piece of bread. Man, I love that cheese bread. Yeah, I'll take it. Tell you what, we'll, we'll overlook it. It'll be okay. And, and the price goes down. You say, what are you talking about? Listen, I lived in a corrupt society. Peru is a corrupt society. I'm just telling you. Everywhere you go, they want to bribe and this and that. And I'm just telling you, for, for 50 cents, for, uh, for $3, you know, uh, they'll, they'll make everything. They'll change your paperwork around. They'll do this. They'll do that. And, and why? The price is cheap. Why? Because their, con- their conscience has already gone to the side. And it follows this verse. The Bible says, for, for a piece of bread, that man will transgress. We're not careful with our assessment and our judgment. Hey, we'll allow it to degrade to the point that it's no longer valid. And people will know, well, that's a corrupt judgment. That's a corrupt assessment of the situation. And so the Bible tells us to have respect of persons is not good for for a piece of bread that man will transgress influence of awareness influence of agenda influence of uh, administration and influence of assessment that's how righteousness has an effect on other people around us and you say man look at the you look at the the society in peru it it, it drove me really crazy that i'm talking the police would take a bribe and and just you know wash things away and I think to myself, and I'm talking dumb little stuff. And I thought to myself, you know what? If you would just write a ticket, and that guy would pay the ticket, 
it would go into the general fund of the, uh, of the community, and you know what? You might get a pay raise. But instead, they're just well, sliding a little money here, sliding a little money there, and, and they're layering their pockets, and, and, and that, that, the police department doesn't pay them enough because the police department doesn't have enough, and, and it just causes the entire society to go downhill. And corruption will always corrupt things. And respect of persons, the Bible tells us, is not good. We need to, we need to treat people as people always. And not hold one person as better than another or another person less than another because eventually that's going to destroy the integrity of the entire process. So we need to make sure that we have integrity in that idea. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that helps us to understand and see things clearly. God, I pray that you would help us as Christians to uphold integrity, to treat people righteously. God, not to blame other people, but to, to see the agenda of the lost world and where it desires to point people and turn people. And help us to avoid that and to stay within your righteousness. God, thank you for the understanding truly that you give us in your word. And God, sometimes we may not understand exactly everything, but God, we do know what's right and what's wrong. And you've given us the Holy Spirit to help us, to aid us in understanding those things. God, we thank you for that. God, I pray that you'd bless each and every person that's here tonight. Help us to depend upon you and to trust wholly in you. We'll thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, the altar is open. And maybe you just want to sit there in your seat and pray and ask God to help you with, maybe you're struggling with understanding something. Maybe it's, one thing or another, whatever it is. Maybe you just want to thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord that He's given us the Holy Spirit and He helps us to understand all things. Maybe you need help in leading people. Fathers and leading your family. Businessmen and leading your business. And Sunday school teacher and leading your class. And whatever the need. invitation to a close. I appreciate your attentiveness tonight. I pray and hope that that's a blessing and encouragement to you. And um, we don't really have any announcements that's urgent and pressing for this week. Um, we'll be back here Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and uh, hope to see you then. All right. God bless. Good to see you this evening. God bless.